Shaloma. You're listening to Watered Womanhood, the podcast for women walking in the truth of who Yahuwah, the Most High, says we are, where we uncover what it means to be His bride. I'm Rabbi Shah Aloha Lani, founder of the Hebrew Housewife, a set-apart homemaking blog for the daughters of Israel. I've been studying the Word all my life and ministering to Israelite sisters since 2019 by the grace of Abinawa with original homemaking tips, biblical marital advisory, and truth-based devotionals. Join me in building up the kingdom at Watered Womanhood on Instagram, thehebrewhousewife.com, and right here as we fellowship in spirit and in truth. Today's episode is really near and dear to me. I'm already getting emotional just thinking about talking about everything that I'm going to talk about. Um, But first, I want to tell you, I had a moment today. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to the Most High God of Israel. Worthy is his name to be praised and worshipped. Glorified is he in all the earth. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Without the Most High, I am nothing. I thank you, Father. I really do. So for those of you who are not following me on Instagram, you probably don't know, but today, at the time of this recording, the day of this recording, I asked for donations um, for the website because I'm going to be honest, I mismanaged my money. I'm I poorly managed my money and when it was time to renew you know the yearly annual domain and hosting and just the general maintenance fees for the Hebrew housewife website my money was nowhere to be found and I got on my knees I prayed for a miracle and I just told the most high I'm looking to you for a miracle because I I'm going to lose this blog if I don't get a miracle like it has to be a miracle so I get on Instagram on my story I ask for donations honestly not really having grand expectations Um, you know, and thinking, okay, maybe the miracle is going to come from some other place. So let me get out of this house. Maybe a stranger will bless me. Maybe my husband will bless me for it. But no, it was you. Wonderful, lovely, amazing, blessed sisters who really came through and really surprised me. So I really want to give a few special shout outs because, you know, thanks to you sisters allowing the most high to use you today. The blog is up. We still have the blog, you know, we still have the podcast, you know, and just the things that I've been working so hard to achieve, you know, the content to put out there, the education, the resources, years in the making, like things that I've been trying to build for years, like, and not even just since the Hebrew housewife was up. Like when I say years, I mean years, like that just means so much to me. The first shout out I want to give is to Sister Hadassah for supporting the show and the blog with a donation. She is an excellent plant-based cook. Her daughter is an Israelite doula. She has such a beautiful Israelite family overall. But, you know, if you're looking for an Israelite doula, just to let you know, her daughter is one. And if you're not following her already, you should follow her because she has a beautiful home. And she's always sharing her beautiful Israelite friendly recipes. So follow her on Instagram at keep her at home. That's at K-E-E-P-H-E-R underscore A-T underscore home. 
The next shout out goes to Sister Paola Elena for supporting this show with a donation, a very generous donation, I might add, which I humbly appreciate. I really, really do. She is so sweet. Um, She promotes a very wholesome and healthy lifestyle. She's a Zumba and fitness instructor. So, you know, if any of you sisters, you know, your Israelite sisters are looking for an Israelite-friendly Zumba fitness instructor who can do virtual, definitely check her out. Um, She also has some very wonderful jewelry that I feel you ladies will love. And if you do inquire about her classes or make a purchase from her store, please do let her know that the Hebrew housewife sent you. So you can follow her on Instagram at Negruche. That's at N-E-G-R-U-C-H. The next shout out that I want to give is to my dear friend, Sister Aviva Music, for supporting the show with a donation. She is a very close friend of mine who is there when I need her that I really just appreciate so much. I have a lot of love for you, sister. She's very talented and she's so sweet. And I would really appreciate it if you listeners would please support her by streaming her music on Apple Music and Spotify, Aviva Music. You can follow her on Instagram and find the link to all of her platforms where her music is available at Aviva Music. The next shout out I want to give is to Sister Takara, an Israelite mother and wife, for her beautiful donation. Thank you so much, Sister. I greatly appreciate you. May y'all bless you. The next shout out I want to give is to Sister Talencia slash Sophine. I'm sorry I don't know which name to use, Sister, so I hope I'm not offending you. But I really want to thank you for your donation and your love during my time of need and... I pray that the Most High would just exalt you and give you an honorable name. The next shout out I want to give is to Sister Rasernet. I'm sorry, I don't want to say your name wrong. Rasernet, Rasernet. I'm so sorry for butchering your name, sister. But I want to thank you for your charitable donation. It means so much to me. And I'm praying that Yah will grant you favor in your time of need the way that he has used you to give me favor in my time in need because it means so much to me. <sighs> Finally, I want to give a special shout out to Sister Batia, who did not donate, <laughs> but she did take the time and go out of her way to at least share my post asking for donations. That was very thoughtful and it really touched my heart because to my knowledge, she's the only one who did share and it really says a lot, you know, that even though she wasn't able to give, she was able to get the word out and to help. And I, I am just, I'm really touched. Anyways, <laughs> she's an excellent cook and she's just a very sweet sister overall. And I would really appreciate if you sisters gave her a follow on Instagram at Pieces of Batia and just let her know that Sister Asha sent you. And one last special shout out. I want to give a shout out to you, listener. Thank you for listening, for tuning in, for following me, for (laughs) engaging with the blog, for opening those emails, and for praying for me, for praying for the blog, for praying for my marriage, for praying for this ministry, and praying for the Most High's will in our lives because... 
I love your prayers. I need your prayers. I appreciate your prayers so much. I appreciate that you're here with me. The support that I've gotten for this podcast is just so overwhelming. Um, and like I said in my last episode or the episode beforehand, um, I delayed starting this podcast because I was just terrified that I would get laughed at or nobody would listen to it. <laughs> I wouldn't get really any support and it would be a flop. But no, I am. I'm really just. I'm my mind is blown and I just got to say glory to the most high for this love and for this community because a couple years ago I started praying father I just want you to blow my mind and I don't even think I realized what I was really praying for at the time and now I'm starting to see the fruit now that I'm really starting to obey, <laughs> you know, I'm starting to see the fruit. Like, wow, my mind is continuing to be blown. So once again, if there's some endeavor that the Most High is calling you to do that you don't feel qualified for, that you think people are going to laugh at you for, that people are not going to believe in you for, that you just don't see being a part of your life, obey anyway, do it anyway. Let the Most High blow your mind. Let the Most High show you why they call him great why they say there's none like him why he is exalted in all the earth why his name is blessed hallelujah thank you heavenly father thank you yahoo now all of this is actually very relevant to the topic and content of today's episode let me sip my tea for a second my ginger tea <sighs> sorry I'm going to have a little vulnerable moment with you in sharing this piece of my life. Okay, so don't judge me. <laughs> I'm going to share this with you. Um, and I got really emotional when I was <clears throat> contemplating sharing this. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to put it out there. I still feel a little, you know, uh, but today's topic is about, you know, vulnerability and the impact of vulnerability on relationships so i hope that my vulnerability in this moment will not just show you what vulnerability has done for me but also that it will bring me and you a little bit closer together and that you know a little bit more about me and that you understand a little bit more about my life because i know i tend to be very reclusive and very reserved and i really want uh-oh. I really want you sisters to get to know me and I want to get to know you sisters as well. So when I first met my husband, I was in my teens. I was an adult, of course, like 18 or 19. I think I met him just before my 19th birthday and I was not in a good place <laughs> financially or emotionally or spiritually. And I feel as though my husband was. And it sometimes caused a rift in our relationship when I was not in a good place and he was. And that made it hard for me to enjoy my time with him and to really have a good time with him because I was so bogged down by all these bills that I have to pay and all these people that are depending on me and just things going on in my home that I have to deal with. And on top of that, you know, being a mother and my husband would have to continue to pry these problems out of me against my will because I feared being vulnerable. 
I wanted to look perfect all the time. I needed him to think that there was nothing wrong in my life because a part of me really feared that he would see my life for what it is and see me for who I am and think that my life and me is just too big of a project for him. You know, it's just it's just too big of a project for him to try to love me. And I thought he would be like every other person in my life who only wanted to know about my problems and my worries just so they could know, you know, just for the sake of knowing, just to gossip about me or just to give me advice, but not actually make an impact or actually lend a hand to help me or even pray for me for that matter. And I think this is something that a lot of Israelite women in particular can relate to is that most people don't respond to our needs and our fears with action, with masculinity, with the true desire to make an impact. But most people inquire about our needs just for the sake of knowing or just to give their two cents where it's really not needed when they could actually, at the bare minimum, offer a prayer. So anyways, here I am during our courtship falling apart every day and when i say every day i cried almost every day when i come face to face with this man whom i'm falling madly in love with who has an amazing job he has a great salary and he has a beautiful family and a, i'm not i don't want to offend my husband but he had a very sheltered upbringing and just a comfortable life and a landing pad from his family that i didn't have and so I'm just like, I can't tell him, I don't know what I'm going to eat tonight. I don't know how I'm going to pay my water bill, or I don't really know what I'm going to do about anything until literally my next paycheck. Like <laughs> as soon as the direct deposit hits, I don't know. And there's just like so much going on. And, you know, like behind this vibrant smile and this facade and my outward joy, there's just, there was always sad eyes. Like I, I know I always had sad eyes and had like this outgoing, vibrant, you know, very just energetic heart that just would deteriorate the longer the conversation prolonged. Like I would just continue to just fade away and not really be there with him because of what was really going on in my heart. And I would literally just let things hit the fan because I was terrified to actually be vulnerable. And it was only when things were completely ablaze was I able to let him know, hey, this is what's going on with me right now. I don't want you to think I'm acting weird or funny towards you, but this is really what I'm dealing with. And every time I waited until the very last minute to reveal what was going on, you know, to him, his response was always along these lines. Why didn't you tell me what's going on? You should never wait until the last minute. Had you let me know, we could have worked something out. But you know what? This is what we're going to do right now to get this solved. And for those of you who don't know, who haven't actually read my, my maybe my older posts or some of my recent posts on the blog, I'm actually very open about growing up fatherless and not really having any strong male provider or protector in my life. And I talk a little bit on the blog about, you know, my struggles with depending on different men and how that always led to a lot of devastation in my life, to say the least. So when my husband, who was at the time just a guy I was courting, begins to present himself as this provider, I was very shy about it. And 
I was very hesitant because I had been in this position plenty of times, you know, just trying to depend on a man that I thought cared about me. And it always disappointed me greatly, you know, whether it was romantic or whether it was family. But because I saw the way he responded to my vulnerability, because I was willing to be vulnerable again, I realized that this protector presentation was not an act at all and that he really did care for me and his care for me shone through in his actions and not just his words. So ultimately, I stopped waiting until stuff hit the fan to tell him what was really going on. I stopped secretly moping and I stopped feeling so helpless about everything and just decided to be more vulnerable when I did have issues in my life, you know, and not just financial issues, but if someone hurt me or if I didn't understand something about the word or the most high, like I wouldn't wait until things were irreparable and just, what's the word I'm looking for? You just can't reconcile it, you know, to let him know because I began to see that he would respond to my needs um, like we hope a man will and I didn't need to try to do everything on myself and destroy everything with my own hands and then say something to him, you know, and not only did this strengthen our relationship and show him that I was willing and able to submit and give him the room that he needed to be um, and give him the room to be the man that he knew he was capable of being, it also allowed me more rest and it gave me room to be a feminine woman and to receive blessings and receive the protection that the Most High was bestowing upon me through who would be my husband and I didn't even know at the time. And I'm just going to say that because of this, because I've been able to be a more feminine woman and rest more and learn how to receive and truly understand what it means to be in a woman's place, I can say that my parenting is better. I'm a better sister. I'm a better minister. I'm a better wife. I'm a better daughter. I'm a better contributor to the kingdom. Um, most importantly, I respond better to the most high in my weak moments in temptation. That is the power of vulnerability. But I don't just want to make this demonstration with my own experience with the power of vulnerability. I also really want to talk about Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz. So first, let's begin with Ruth. She was a widow, formerly married to an Israelite, living in the land of Moab. And when her husband died, right, her Israelite husband, when her Israelite husband died, her mother-in-law tells her, look, I love you, I care about you, but there's no reason for us to stay together anymore. My son is gone, I'm too old to have more children, and even if I could have another son, it would be really silly of you to wait for him to be an adult, for you to marry him, so just go live your life, girl, and I'm gonna return to the land of Israel. And Ruth just said, no, you're my family. I'm not gonna leave you, I don't know anything else. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And we're going to return to the land of Israel together and see what God has in store for the both of us. <sighs> Even though Ruth's whole account in the Bible is about vulnerability to me, just this little snippet right here alone, just the beginning of her story, the fact that it begins with such vulnerability and unfolds into greatness is really profound and moving and demonstrates the power of vulnerability. 
So not only did Naomi be vulnerable with Ruth in sharing her desire to be alone and return to the land of her youth, but Ruth turned around and was vulnerable with Naomi too and said, I don't want to be without you. I don't want to be without your God. I don't want to be without your people because it's your family that I married into. And we see what happened when vulnerability was not there. For instance, Ruth's sister-in-law, Orpah, who was also a widow to one of Naomi's sons, when she heard Naomi say, hey, go live your life. I'm going back home. I wish you well. Try to find a husband. That woman, Orpah said, okay, peace out, shalom. You saying move on, I'm moving on. And we don't hear anything else about this woman for the rest of scripture. Nothing at all. She makes no impact. She's completely forgotten. And I wonder in what capacity did the Most High use her after that? And, you know, who's to say that she didn't have the same desire as Ruth secretly in her heart? After all, for as long as she was married to Naomi's son, Naomi and Ruth were her family too. So this is the only family that she had known for quite some time. And now her family is being ripped away from her because of the death of her husband. But she decided to depart. However, because of Ruth's vulnerability, not only did she experience the grace of the Most High, the love of Boaz, and the beauty of motherhood, she is also a foremother of King David, a foremother of King Solomon, a woman of Judah, a foremother of Yahusha, the entire kingdom, right? The entire kingdom was and is still to this day impacted by Ruth's decision to stay. It's impacted by her decision to say, I can't leave you. You can't leave me. We're family and I love you. That is very powerful. I think it's more powerful than you and I can even comprehend in this lifetime. This is what vulnerability can accomplish. This is why we need vulnerability and we don't need to shy away from it because when we're vulnerable, we open a door to a new level of bonding and connection and understanding between ourselves and the people that we love. And sometimes vulnerability can open the door for connection and understanding between people that we may not necessarily care about. And I really don't know what Ruth was sitting there thinking <laughs> right before she told Naomi she didn't want to leave her. But my guess is that she was probably afraid. She was probably confused. She was probably flustered and thinking to herself, okay, I just lost my husband. I just lost my provider and my protector. And now the last piece of him that I have left, his mother is telling me basically she wants me to move on and go make another life without her. That's terrifying. Just imagine yourself in such a position where your husband passes away and your in-laws are telling you they don't want anything to do with you or it would be completely okay if you go do you and they're just going to go try to rebuild their life too. The guts that it takes in the face of such rejection to say, I don't accept you rejecting me. I don't accept you trying to force me out of your family. I don't accept you attempting to leave me. I refuse to let you go. Even though you're letting me go right now, I'm not letting you go. Because at the core of kingdom vulnerability is humility and being humble. And if a kingdom impact is what we desire to make, we need to accept and embrace the fact that humility is just at the core of it. 
And for you as a woman whose strengths are your emotions, whose emotions carry more potency than you even realize, having vulnerability there is like having a superpower. And even though it may hurt or feel strange or feel unsafe to be emotionally vulnerable and it has a lot of risk, it also has a lot of potential benefits and potential gains beyond this lifetime because Ruth's life is still making an impact on ours today. Her decision has an impact on your life right now. The fruit of her womb is literally Yahusha because he is a descendant of David and David is a descendant of Ruth. Now, speaking from my own personal experience with being vulnerable, my greatest fear was that I would stand up to this, you know, darkness in my heart that was telling me, you can't be vulnerable. You're going to put us at risk again. You're going to get us hurt. And when I instead chose to be vulnerable, it was like me putting my hand up in that darkness's face and saying, you're wrong. That's not true. And the fear was that the darkness will be right, that the darkness would have been proven right and will prove me wrong and that the darkness will have been telling the truth that trying to love people is not worth it. Being honest is not worth it. Being open is not worth it. Sharing your needs with people is not worth it. You'll get hurt. You'll get laughed at. You'll be mocked. You might as well just do everything by yourself. You might as well cry alone. You might as well gird your loins and just deal with whatever comes your way and never share your heart. When we cower to that kind of darkness, we are cutting ourselves off to the possibilities of the Most High's grace, of the Most High's bounty. It's almost like saying, I don't really believe in the power of the Most High. You know, it's like we give up on ourselves and we give up on the hopes that we have that are waiting on the other side of this opportunity to make a change just by being vulnerable, just by showing up the way you are and opening your heart. I really want you to take the time to think about a situation that made you uncomfortable, where you have to really look your fears in the face, whether it was you're about to lose your job or you could potentially be entering in a relationship or you need to make up with a friend for something wrong. You just need to tell somebody how much they really hurt you because maybe they don't understand. I want you to list all of those things that you could lose by being vulnerable or that you could have lost by being vulnerable. Maybe your credibility would have been on the line. Maybe your image of being a strong woman was on the line. Maybe your carefree facade was on the line. Maybe you could lose the fact that you've been able to brag about doing everything by yourself. These are just small examples, but I want you to think about what you could lose or what you could have lost in vulnerable moments by choosing vulnerability, right? So get you some paper, write down a few situations that you can recall that you have went through or that you might be going through. And I want you to write directly opposite a list of things that you're going to lose if you decide to be vulnerable. And then I want you to think about what you could have gained or what you have to gain if you right now in that situation where vulnerability can make a huge difference. If you were to say to the darkness, you know, you know what? I was wrong or you know what? You really broke my heart or I really need your help. I can't do this without your help. What could you benefit? How could this potentially make the kingdom impact 
right? How might this relationship bloom and blossom if you were to take it there, if you were to be vulnerable? Think about what could happen as far as kingdom possibilities and what you really desire and what you're really hoping for in the most high. The way our minds are wired, we really gravitate towards focusing on what we will lose to the point where we often ignore the possibility that we might gain more than we ever had in the first place when it comes to taking risks. We're always thinking, oh, but it could go wrong. But, you know, sis, it can go right. (laughs) It can go right particularly for you married sisters, you sisters who are courting, or maybe you sisters who are interested in a brother, but you're hesitant because of your fear and insecurity, that relationship is not going to prevail without your vulnerability and your willingness to be vulnerable, right? Because being vulnerable is not just something that happens to us. It's something that we choose to do and be. And part of submission, which is a requirement on our behalf, is about sharing your vulnerability, both with your man and with the Most High. I know that my relationship would not be where it is today, nor would our home or our ministry be where it is without my decision to be vulnerable. Without my saying, I'm scared, I'm terrified, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm gonna open up anyway. I'm going to be me anyway. I'm gonna step out on faith anyway. I'm gonna obey anyway. And I'm gonna love this person and I'm gonna let this person love me. Yes, it could have been yet another failed relationship in which a man completely disappointed me or made me wanna give up on Israelite men as a whole because I know we all been there. It could have left me devastated. It could have humiliated me in front of my family and friends. Again, it could have completely broken my heart. But I was willing to find out. That's my only message today. Yes, things could go wrong and things could absolutely go right. Be willing to find out. Isaiah 49 chapter 23 I'm sorry Isaiah 49 verse 23 says and sovereigns shall be your foster fathers and their sovereignnesses your nursing mothers they bow down to you with their faces to the earth and lick up the dust of your feet and ye shall know that I am Yahuwah those who wait for me shall not be ashamed those whose trust is in Yahuwah will not be disappointed Join me for a brief prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the sister listening to this. I come to you with gratitude and worship for your saving power, your mercy, and the favor you've shown us. I pray for this sister's heart, that it will be fertile for your word to grow and be fruitful. I pray that she may trust you when you're taking her to greater heights and that she can discern when you're positioning her to impact your kingdom according to your will. I thank you for the divine kingdom relationships in her life and the ones you're going to open up in her life. And I pray that she will glorify you in her response to these opportunities to be vulnerable. May you be pleased with her, Father. May you be so pleased with her. May you look upon her and grant her the crown of your pleasure. May she be crowned with the pleasure of the Most High God. 
It is in the name of your son, Yahusha, that I pray this, fully trusting you, certain that we will not be put to shame because of our faith in the one true God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hallelujah. Amen. That is all for today's episode of Watered Womanhood. I hope you've been watered. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider making a small contribution towards the sustainability and production of the only biblical femininity podcast for Israelite women. $1, $5, whatever y'all puts on your heart, all donations make a difference. And you can use the link in the description to get started. Be sure to follow, favorite, and leave a review wherever you're listening to make this podcast even more visible to other Israelites. Remember that you can stay up to date and join us for some interesting dialogues at thehebrewhousewife.com. And go ahead and join my newsletter for some members-only perks. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. Until next time, Shabbat Shalom.